Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Healthy Growing Churches podcast. Today, I'm talking with Tom Plank from Healthy Growing Churches and also Ben Steers from North Park Church in Meridian, Mississippi. We're going to have a really great conversation today regarding culture and um, culture shifts and, and those types of things. So I hope that you will stay tuned and, and join in, in this conversation with us. So good. It's glad it's good to have you guys today. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, Tom. You guys doing okay? <laughs> Absolutely. It's an honor to be on the call. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, good to be here, Beth. Nice. Excited about the conversation today. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I was real. I've been really blessed to be able to just meet um, Ben Sears here just over the last several months and um, interviewed him and, and wrote a post about him and his church and, and just so blessed by his story and it's blessed a lot of people. And so we'll make sure that we put that link, you know, in our, um, in the bio of this particular um, podcast so people can uh, read his story and read the story of, of uh, North Park Church, which is an amazing church. And just so thankful to see what God is doing there. Um, so just to break the ice a little bit, um, Tom and Ben, how did you guys meet? Or tell me a funny story, something maybe, I don't know, a little embarrassing. <laughs> I like to try to embarrass people. I like for people to just get it out in the open, be able to laugh at themselves and all that good stuff. So tell me, tell me a little bit of your stories. I'm trying to think how we <laughs> met Tom. It's been a lot of years ago now, um, back when Tom was with um, uh, an organization called CMA uh, doing a lot of volunteer work with them. I was on uh, staff at a church uh, in Kansas City, uh, uh, the Kansas City area. And Tom was pastoring in Cincinnati. And so I know we met through that probably maybe 2009, 2010, someplace in there. And just, uh, um, you know, kind of knew each other, you know, connected at some of the same, you know, conferences and events and things and healthy growing churches as that got started. Um, and then Tom has been coaching me uh, in my role here at North Park uh, for two years. And so we've really gotten to know each other then. I'm not sure about embarrassing stories. I'm, I'm not very good at remembering those, Tom. You might have to, you might have to bring <laughs> that. But, um, but we, we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure I have a whole lot of uh, embarrassing stories to, to pass along. Um, you know, I, you're absolutely right, Ben, of, of how we met. That's what I recollect is, you know, through our connections with Church Multiplication Association when you were, I was pastoring in Cincinnati and you were church planning in the uh, Kansas city Metro area. And um, I'm sure we ended up in the same so, so social circles a time or two for dinner or in between a break or something like that. So it's been, it's been good to have you as you know, in my life. And, you know, um, I wish I had an embarrassing story to tell on you, man, but I, I don't recollect one. Well, I will say that in my interview with Ben, I asked him how it was, having you as a coach and he did say that sometimes you um, can be pretty forceful. Oh. <laughs> but he said mostly that you, uh, he says mostly you coach from a very loving place, but uh, well, you always coach with it from a very loving place, but that sometimes you have to speak hard truths. So, sure. um, and that's, that's awesome. I think that's a beautiful part of the whole coaching process. So I uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I would probably say it a little differently. I would say not forceful, but probably direct. Direct, yes. I can, I can be direct when needed. Good. 
Well, today we're going to talk about culture a little bit, and um, this is this is a topic that's really um, on our minds a lot at Healthy Growing Churches because um, we're headed to Exponential um, early 2019, and we're doing a pre-conference the beginning of that um, beginning of those days there, and our um, pre-conference is about um, changing culture and um, how to change church culture and all those things, and we know from experience that that is not a process that happens overnight and there's lots of little baby steps that you have to take and Ben you know this very well um, just from your your story and so uh, Tom I'm just going to turn it over to you for a little bit and, and we'll just get this conversation going yeah let's let's do it let's jump in Ben, ben I'd like to I'd like for our audience to get to know you a little bit better so tell us a little bit about yourself uh, maybe a little bit about your family, um, maybe a window in your call to ministry, and maybe just a little bit more about uh, kind of uh, ministry background. You transitioned here the last couple of years from Olathe to Meridian. So tell us a little bit of, of, of your story and, um, and, and background. Yeah, glad to do that. You know, so um, my wife and I, we've been married for 16 years, have four kids ranging from 12 is our oldest down to five is the baby. Uh, and so we're, we're brand new into the, we don't have any kids in our house, um, Monday through Friday, uh, it, during the daytime. That's, that's a new thing for us. Um, it's kind of weird, um, but kind of cool and everything in between. And so, um, with four kids, uh, in our house, uh, there is never a quiet or dull moment. That's for sure. <laughs> sure, um, sure. You know, I know that time, feeling pretty well. <laughs> Yeah. My, my call in the ministry, um, I mean, I, it, maybe I don't know how common or uncommon it is, but I, I, didn't, I didn't pursue ministry as a career. Um, my, my college bachelor's degree is in electrical engineering of all the random things. And uh, I always thought I'd be a guy who I love the Lord, love the church, would be involved with the church um, and uh, would give faithful to the church. And maybe someday, you know, the church would would you know, see enough in me, they'd say, Hey, why don't you be a, an elder or something like that? And I would give faithfully. And, and that's what my life would look like. Um, and, uh, God just had different plans. And, uh, about 18 years ago, uh, now, uh, he began to shift that, uh, that perspective and, uh, you know, called me in the ministry and I started, you know, part-time 18 years ago. Um, two years into that went full-time as a student pastor, served as a student pastor for a number of years. Then, um, the church I was serving at in Kansas City, Indian Creek Community Church, we went multi-site, and I launched a multi. Uh, I launched our first campus uh, in the, and we launched uh, from a, a, a decentralized model uh, of teaching and all those things. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like a church plant, and so launched that. And then uh, two years ago, we made this transition here to Meridian, Mississippi. So a Midwest kid um, grew up near Chicago. Go Cubs, even though they're out. Um, you know <laughs> all of that. Um, you know, lived in Kansas City for over 20 years, you know, find myself uh, in the heart of the Deep South uh, for the last two years, and God's been faithful, and he's been good in the midst of that, um, but that's that's our ministry background, just I've had my fingers in a little bit of everything, um, and it didn't make a lot of sense at the time. I can think over the, the you know, 16 years that I was at Indian Creek, like, a number of times I go, God, why am I in this conversation? Like, I feel like I am the... Um, like, I just, it just doesn't make any sense why I'm here. Um, you know, why I need to be here in this moment, but I'm just going to learn. And over the last two years, I've, I've discovered why I was in some of those conversations that didn't make any sense um, mm. back then. Um, yeah, very cool. Like, yeah, man, out. And God has a way, 
of planting and sowing seeds into our life, uh, oftentimes years ahead of when they're actually going to come to fruition. That's um, good, Ben. And that's, I think that's part of, that's just part of the way he works. I think we're just in this instant bake uh, culture where we think everything's going to happen. We're going to read the, we're going to do our devotionals this morning and God's going to give us a word for today. And then he's going to repeat that tomorrow. And, and sometimes he, he sows things that are just long, long time coming. And I think that's part of what, you know, conversation about culture, why that it's, it's such a, a, a pertinent topic because a lot of those things are long time coming sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is it that, that comes over the long haul? And so, um, I mean, that's, I think part of what we're talking about today has just been my story, you know, uh, for you. Sure. Yeah, it's good. So Ben, you, you know, as we talk about culture, we're going to specifically talk about the culture of the church, but you made a significant cultural transition being a Midwest guy, you know, growing up in Chicago land, uh, to the deep South. Uh, what was that shift like? What was it like moving from, you know, suburban Kansas City to Meridian, Mississippi? Yeah, a pretty big change, right? Um, you know, when you go from, um, I mean, and the two of them were happening simultaneously. So we go from a metropolitan, you know, Kansas City in terms of media markets is the top 30 media market, you know, to Meridian, which I don't think they have a number for what media market we are, you know, it's a much smaller <laughs> community um, and uh, just a different pace, a different, um, I, mean, I mean, everything about that when, when you go from, you know, a pretty good size, you know, two and a half million people in the Kansas City Metro to, you know, uh, our county is, you know, 75,000 people. Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot of shifts that go with that. And part of the, part of the shift that happens there that, you know, I've come to learn and understand is, um, I don't know the best way to say it. People live in, you know, more rural areas and um, in some of these places. We, we live here on purpose, right? Not because we're stuck here, um, because there are things about, you know, people want space um, and things you don't find in an urban setting, you'll find in a rural setting. And that's space in geography. Um, so, uh, you know, when we moved here, people were like, yeah, hey, you need to get you some land, you know, and they're talking about you trying to get, you know, five, 10, 20, 30 acres. And I'm like, I'm a city kid. I don't really want land, you know, <laughs> sure, like, I, sure. I don't want to take care of all of that. Um, but that was just a mindset piece, of, you know, yeah, that sure. space and that geographic space actually comes into people's calendars. They want calendar space. They want, they want space in their life, relational space. They just, you know, so when we talk about things being slower, it's not so much this, this the pace, but it's, it's the idea of space. Um, and so that was a big shift. And then, you know, there are a lot of um, things that we, you know, equate with, you know, Southern values of hospitality that you find in the Midwest too. And so um, those things weren't, you know, dramatically different, but there's certainly things about, um, about, about the South and some of the South history and, you know, in our climate today, all of the um, polarity that we see, um, you know, around us, uh, I, I, there are times I wonder what it'd be like if we were back in Olathe in a suburban context, you know, um, but I see the polarity play out around us, you know, um, especially, you know, we live in a city that is um, m- much more uh, racially diverse than where we were from. You know, we're talking, um, you know, closer to 50, 50 versus, you know, 75%, you know, white. And so you, you see some of those things and those tensions that we experience in, on our news media, we see some of those things, um, up close and personal. Um, 
and it's all still very you know kind and cordial but the tensions there underneath the surface and so um that that certainly was a shift for us as well that's good you know you talk about the culture of the city or you know the county the area the south but there was also a culture like church culture a christian culture in the south i would imagine that there's some differences between you know what you might have experienced in the midwest and what you're experiencing there in in meridi what, what what's what's some comparisons that you can draw you know for us what's the church culture not specifically the meridian church but just the the, the climate of, of the church there in the state of Mississippi? Yeah, well, maybe the best way I know how to illustrate it is um, when you're driving down the street and you drive by a bank, um, it is really common, uh, at least in Meridian, um, and so this may not be, you know, everywhere, but in Meridian, it's, it's really common to see, you know, a Bible verse go flashing across the bank marquee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's not, you go to Sonic, here in town and at the bottom of your seat is Jeremiah 29 11. I'm not like for real. That's exactly what's there. <laughs> um, and um, that would have never been that way. And sure. it never was that way, it, you know, and uh, maybe in small town, Kansas is like that, but not in the metropolitan Kansas. Um, you just, and so some of the church stuff and faith is more forward. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't know that that uh, necessarily means that that um, faith, even though faith is more forward, I don't know that faith would be more fervent. Um, mm. You know, I don't I don't know that there's a, a more radical obedience to Christ, or that there's you know culturally speaking um, than there is than I experienced you know 20 plus years living in Kansas City. Um, you know, there's still uh, I just, I just think there's you know people are less likely to say, hey, I'm church independent than they are, um, you know, here. Uh, they were yeah. more likely to just not, yeah. to non-affiliate. Um, so Ben, as you talk about being kind of more faith forward, does, does that help or does that hurt mm-hmm. the church and, and ministry there in, in, in the South, in Mississippi, Meridian? I think it depends on the culture you want to create, um, right? And so if, if the culture you want to create is um, a... Uh, uh, what's we'll called, you know, attraction, you know, large gathering, everything is, we're trying to gather a crowd. Um, I think uh, it could potentially be easier to gather a crowd uh, around certain things. Um, if you're talking about a disciple making culture um, where, where you're trying to create movement, uh, not just crowd. Um, and you're trying to, to see some, some things catalyzed. I don't, I don't know that it's, helpful i don't know that i would go so far as to saying it's detrimental um but it does it definitely doesn't um because i mean we'll get into some of these conversations i'm sure but at the core of the disciple making culture shift is this this you know theology of surrender right um and surrender is still um a counter-cultural message even to um cultural christianity Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, surrender is not a consumer message. Surrender is not a a convenience yeah. message. It's a call that's to good. die, yeah. um, and so that's countercultural. I think pretty much everywhere you go, um, whether you're you know in Meridian, Mississippi, Olathe, Kansas, or in Bangkok, Thailand, I think the the call to surrender, uh, the call to to give uh, to you know to die to self to take up your cross die daily you know as Jesus talks about it I think that's countercultural anywhere you go um, because it's it, it asks you to 
give yourself away. Um, that's good, Ben. Oh, that's really good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Powerful. So let, let's transition just a bit, Ben, and, and let's talk specifically about North Park there, the church where you're pastoring uh, in Meridian. Talk to us about the culture of the church when you arrived. Yeah. Um, so the, one of the things that, you know, just really clear, North Park is a church that has a really, really great history. You know, um, you know, the before you know, I arrived here, the pastor, the previous pastor here of 27 years, uh, Pastor Wheatley did a really fantastic job uh, over those years of, of building a really healthy church. Um, and so a lot of great things and a lot of great, uh, a lot of great pieces to our history. I mean, we have people that have been here. Um, they've been a part of North Park for over 60 years. I mean, that's kind of uh, and then people who have been here for, you know, 60 days. And so <laughs> that's kind of the the. The spectrum of it. Um, North Park is a church. Um, uh, even you know, it's always, it's been a church for a long time that was uh, outward looking. You know, um, so we're 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 literally positioned on a hill. Our facility is uh, up from the up from the road, um, and so uh, it's always been a church that, or has been for a number of years, a church that's longed to be you know active in the community, to be engaged with our city. Uh, to be, you know, reaching into our city. And so we've done through the years a number of different, um, you know, outreach ministries or engagement, you know, things with our city. You know, one of the things that's happening right now, um, uh, we're in the season, we, we run Upward Basketball, which is a national ministry program. Um, but we'll see, uh, it, it is, this will be year 19 for us as a church running Upward Basketball. And we'll see wow. over, over 300 kids um, involved in uh, our upper basketball league. It's one of the largest, if not the largest, it's one of the largest youth developmental basketball leagues in our county. Um, and so we have, we now have dads who are putting their sons and daughters in upward who played upward. Um, wow. So, so it's, it really is, it's a part of the fabric of our community, right? It's not, um, it's not just something we do uh, so that all the church kids can gather together. It's, it's really, it's a known, um, it's a known opportunity and a known, um, part of our, of our city. And so we've just, we've tried to be about that from the very beginning. I would say, um, it's been from a ministry, you know, mindset, you know, Sunday is the primary, has been the primary front door, you know, and so a Sunday service and, you know, worship and teaching. And we've had great music through the years, great, great worship through the years, great, you know, really healthy teaching through the years, you know, Sunday school model um, with a little bit of life group sprinkled in. And um, I mean, that's, that's kind of the culture that North Park uh, has been a, a pretty, pretty standard, you know, church culture. So Ben, I hear you describing a church culture at Meridian North Park that, you know, you're honoring the past, right? I hear that in your voice and, you know, I appreciate that. I think that's so important as we're having this conversation about shifting culture of an existing church. But let's be candid for just a second. There probably were some things about the culture that were challenging. You know, give us a snapshot of what those, those pieces were. Maybe one or two examples of things that you knew, hey, this is probably going to have to be challenged. And it's, it, it might hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple, one of the really challenging things is, um, so again, uh, the predecessor was, had a great history ministry. Um, at the same time, we needed to make a shift from a really, if we're going to become the church that God has called us to become, 
we had to make a shift from a very heavily centralized, you know, model and operational scheme to uh, a more and more empowering and decentralized operational scheme mm -hmm. um, to where we're empowering more and more leaders. And so I would say over the first, you know, six to 12 months um, that I was here, the most common phrase that I would utter was, well, what do you think? Uh, well, what do you think? Uh, well, what do you think? Um, because things would come in, come into my office, they come across my desk. Um, you know, someone say, I have this issue or that issue. And um, I say, well, what do you think? You know, you're, you're smart. You've been here a long time. You've been here longer than me. Um, you know, what do you think? And not that that was, you know, abdicating any sort of opinion that I was just run away from everything, but to begin to, to build this, you know, culture and this, this, you know, kind of DNA within us that I really firmly believe that every person can hear from God. Like I really mm -hmm. do. I believe that, that a small group leader or a ministry, you know, a Sunday school leader that they've been called, if they're in that, if in these roles, they've been called as influencers, as shapers, as disciple makers. Um, and, and that God can lead them. And so I want to create space, right? And so instead of having a culture, um, where, okay, you're going to cover this lesson this week and you're going to ask these three questions. You're going to cover this lesson that week and you're going to ask these four questions. You're going to do this, this, this. You know, we've been stretching to try to create space um, and, to, and to try to create, you know, ownership. The, the hard part about that is um, that can feel on the other end like, um, like, what do you mean you're not going to make that decision? Or what do you mean you're not going to be at that meeting? Or what do you mean you're not going to be in the middle of this? Um, it can feel like abdication um, until you begin to shift that culture and it can, it can be painful and it can almost like it can scare you a little bit too. Like if I'm just honest, because as you begin to do that and there's this like, Hey, I'm not going to pick up that ball. And they're like, well, I've never carried this ball. Uh, you kind of, you can almost like kind of sit there and look at each other, right. A little mm -hmm. bit and go, well, who's going to pick it up? And they're like, I'm not going to pick it up. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I really want you to pick that up. And there can, there can be this place where it's like, I sure hope they pick it up. Yeah. You know, I sure, sure. Hope they do. sure. Um, if they don't pick it up, then I wonder what the fallout is going to be if they don't pick that up. You know, I wonder what, I wonder, like, could something die here? Or, you know, it, it, look, some stuff might need to die, but, um, but that, but that's a, that's a, it sounds good. Like, there's a lot of things that, you know, as pastors, we're guilty of it. Like, it preaches really good, but it lives really hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some of the empowerment stuff, man, it, it preaches great. It writes great books and great blog posts and great podcasts, but it lives hard. Um, you know, culture shift and change. Um, it preaches good, but it lives hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's like and, you have to be sort of prepared for the messy. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. when you empower other people to walk in um, their, you know, Holy Spirit given gifts and talents, it's bound to get a little messy and it's bound to be a little bit chaotic. And how do you kind of thrive in that, you know, and trust and trust those people that have been in those positions and and give them like like you said, that space. I love how you worded that, that space to explore the, you know, the Holy Spirit moving through them. I love that. And, the, and then the find the, the find the tension that you lead, because, you know, empowering is not as a, as a lead pastor, an empowering ministry is not, um, you know, uh, again, abdicating uh, visionary leadership, uh, abdicating, you know, directional leadership in any way, shape or form. 
but sometimes as leaders, we can, as we want to go, we go, okay, we have a really clear vision or direction that we're trying to head down. Um, we, of course, have ways that we would make that decision, right? We have ways that we would do that. Um, and the people that we're working with, um, they may choose something different. Um, they may choose a slightly different path and they might choose a slightly different direction. And um, giving them, again, space to make that. And then sometimes that choice of that direction will ruffle somebody else's feathers, mm -hmm. right? And then those, those ruffled feathers end up in your office. <laughs> um, no, I'm for real, right? And, yeah. and then you sit there and if we're gonna truly create empowering culture, we listen through um, and, we, and we stand with our leaders that are making decisions, you mm. know? Um, even if we're sitting there sometimes going, yeah, I probably would have made that decision a little bit different. Um, you know, like, yeah, or, and sometimes they'll make mistakes and you're sitting there in your chair thinking, yeah, I, that was a mistake, you know? Um, but I'm a big believer in um, praise in public, correct in private. Um, and so uh, I'm just not going to sit with, you know, someone whose feathers have been ruffled and say, um, you know, yeah, you're totally right and, and create this kind of quagmire there, right? And, you know, we'll talk about, well, the process and I will talk about culture and I will talk about how we want to give people, if they're, if they're going to have, you know, responsibility, we want to give them some authority and they're going to give them some space to make some decisions. And that's the way you would, you know, we want to give you space to make some decisions and, um, and to try to use that moment for, um, to maybe plant a seed or two of culture inside of them, uh, as well. Um, but it does, I mean, it's, it's messy. Uh, and, uh, it's awesome when it, when it's going, when you see some of the fruit, um, it's painful and, you know, backbreaking when you're just doing the, the, sure. the sewing and the, you know, the preparing and sure. the filling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Ben, as I hear you, you know, begin to talk about, um, you know, an empowering culture and shifting that mindset and paradigm there, uh, North Park. Talk to us more about some of the intentional things that you've done to shift culture. I, I heard some real practical things in just the last few minutes as you talked about the empowering culture and some things that you've done on that front. So don't go into some of the other shifts that you're in the midst of, but just talk to us about some of the practical ways that are practical things that you've done to um, to shift the culture. So I'm going to take a step back to take a step forward, if that's okay. Um, sure. You know, like I said, one of the things that I think is distinct and unique about North Park is that there were a lot of healthy things in place, even though we needed some shifts and changes to go to our future. Um, and so when we came here, we wanted to really um, not just honor our past, but to celebrate our past. Um, years ago, uh, I heard a, a mentor friend of mine I just asked him to speak in my life as a, as a young pastor. And the, the phrase he, he gave me was this, is he goes, Ben, you can leave behind uh, the spent ashes, but never leave behind the fire. Um, in other words, you know, you can leave the spent, the ashes that are there. Um, they are the, they're the spent forms of yesterday's ministry. Um, but the fire, the Holy Spirit fire is the same fire that burns today. And it's gonna, it's gonna re, it's gonna set itself to, to, to new wood, to new kindling, to new forms, right? And so we're, we're ministering in a context, and we're gonna pass that. Hopefully, if we're doing it right, we're gonna pass that fire on to another generation that comes behind us. It's gonna pass along to another generation behind them, and 
we're going to, I'm going to look back as a, as an old man someday and I'm going to look at the church that I'm attending. And I hope I'm going to be going to a church and going, Oh, this just is not the way that it used to be when I was, you know, pastoring a church. And <laughs> hopefully, I'm not, hopefully I'm not grumbling about that. Hopefully I'm supportive of that. Um, but I hope, I, I believe that the, the effective church of tomorrow is a church that doesn't exist yet today. And so, um, you know, we can, we can leave behind those forms but we have to take the fire. And so we wanted to make, I want to make sure really intentionally that we celebrated um, the fire, not the forms, but the fire. Um, and so when we did our first uh, series of stories, you know, about, um, we did this, this series of storytelling about, you know, why we love Jesus. And I think oftentimes we would say, hey, let's go get these fresh stories of people who've just come to the Lord. And we had those, right? Um, but I said, no, let's not go get the fresh ones. Let's go get some stories that are like five, 10, 50 years old, right? Uh, from people, why they love Jesus. Uh, let's go grab that fire. Um, let's go grab, uh, you know, we held a banquet for people who have been here for 20 years or longer. And um, just to say thank you. And the, and the whole night um, was, I just invited people to share like why they love what North Park Church has meant to them. It was just a night of sharing. I, I know that everyone expected me to make some sort of financial pitch at the end of that, right? Like they were ready for me to, uh, and it never happened. You know, we just, we just threw a banquet and we wanted to make sure that we celebrated that fire. And the reason, so the reason I go back to go forward is because I felt like it was, it was, it was really significant for us to identify the fire, not identify the forms. Um, so that, because the fire, the, that same drive to see people find and follow Christ, the same drive to see people grow into full, um, you know, into the fullness of him and what they've made him to be the same, uh, fire to, to see our, our community come alive and see vibrancy within our church and our, and our faith community. That same fire exists today. It just looks and it, it has to look a little bit different than what it's looked before. And so we started by celebrating those things and then trying to connect some of those past fires to new forms. That's if good. that makes sense, That's you know, um, yeah. and, and to not, you know, diminish, you know, something, you know, like we have some uh, of our senior adults, their, their Sunday school class is amazing. You know, like they are gathered and these people have been doing life together. Many of them for, um, you know, I mean, they're in the grandparent season of life. They've been doing life together since they were in the parenting season of life or maybe even before, you know, and so they have incredible communities there. And there's always fear, I think, when you come into a church uh, and you're younger, um, that, oh, man, you know, churches are going away from Sunday school. He's probably going to kill our Sunday school class. And, and to sit with them and go, why would we kill this? Like, what's happening in this space is biblical community. People are bringing in stuff from their gardens, and they're literally sharing with one another. <laughs> they're, they're, as a class, they're sponsoring kids, on, you know, uh, through, you know, child sponsorship programs and they're serving in other ways like um this this when when we have funerals and things like that in our church these are some of the folks who you know bake casseroles and do all those sorts of like sure they are living out so many of the things the forms of uh, what we see the functions of the scriptures why would we why would we take that away yeah you know um but at the same time have the conversation and say but well, we're not going to expect that this is the only environment in which this sort of community could take place. 
Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, maybe it's going to take place in these other ways as well. Yeah. And so to try to connect those things together and begin to see some of those things happen. Um, and so that's, to, to me, that's been a part of our just ongoing process of trying to connect um, this, this Holy Spirit fire that's been burning for a long time to, to new forms and to, 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 to new kindling, so to speak, so that we can see it burn um, uh, afresh and anew inside of our city. Yeah, that's good. Ben, talk to me just a little bit, or talk to us just a little bit about pace. You know, obviously when you're talking about change, you're talking about shifting culture, uh, pace seems to be very important. Um, how have you kept a sense of pace? How have you, how have you managed the, the tension that exists for pushing forward and giving people, you know, what they can handle at the time versus, you know, holding back and pushing forward, that kind of thing. Talk to us about pace, the importance of pace. Well, man, I think it's really important. If there's one area where, you know, um, where I feel less comfortable talking, this would be the one time. Um, <laughs> you know, because by nature, I'm, I'm driven and um, uh, I like to go. And that my internal, you know, RPMs, um, I would say run a little faster than our culture's RPMs right here. And not, I'm not just talking North Park, I mean Meridian. Uh, for the first year and a half um, or so, that was super helpful um, because I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, now, uh, I don't know that my faster RPMs are always helpful. Um, and I think it's learning to try to find that pace. I think um, years ago, uh, I heard Andy Stanley talk about, um, I can't remember the talk, but this idea that there, there are some things that are problems to be solved, and there are other things that are tensions to be managed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think pace is a tension to be managed, right? And, and I think it's, it, it comes with the same, um, it, some, some of the same, what I'm learning is it comes with some of the same principles. This isn't really surprising that we come right out of the page of the scripture. I mean, God gave, gave us this, this sense of pace and rhythm and rest, right? Uh, of this, you know, um, exertion and breathe, exertion and breathe, you know, that's the Sabbath, right? This, you know, go and rest, go and rest. And I think that's, I think that's some of the pace we have to have, um, for us as a as a, a healthy church is to say okay let's push and then let's breathe let's push and then let's breathe let's push and then let's breathe and um uh, i am certain that there have been times where i've waited too long um for the breath sure uh, and i've pushed a little too hard and there yeah. there have probably been other times where um where i let us breathe a little bit too long as well and didn't push quite as, uh, quite as much and so but i think it's just this tension um, that we're trying to manage and try to be in front of, not just chasing. But yeah, but um, yeah, Ben, I love the idea of it having some rhythm to it, though. You know, I mean, Jesus was—he worked seven, he rested one. I mean, there was some rhythm even to the the creation story, and so having some rhythm to shifting culture and forging change in the context of the church is so crucial. So uh, I love that that metaphor of just rhythm thinking about a song that has no rhythm is noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But a song that has some sense of rhythm is enjoyable to listen to. So that's really powerful. So Ben shifting culture and a change around the church can be exhausting work. Talk to us just a little bit about what you do to stay energized in the midst of, you know, shifting culture there at, at North park. 
See, this is where it's not fair that you're doing this interview, Tom, because you know my my hot buttons. Um, oh, and- <laughs> sorry. I thought, that was, I thought that was what I was supposed to do is push all your hot buttons. I know. <laughs> no, but um, that's one that I struggle with, you know, uh, being someone who's driven. Um, you can just you can just push and push and push. Uh, and um, I think what what I know and what you're what you're tapping on is saying, you know, sometimes we hear. Um, this uh, again phrases that you hear that i don't even know who i can tell attribute this one to but speed of the leader speed of the team sure you know yeah. a, a leadership phrase that i've heard for years is probably maxwell or someone who knows um but i i think there's also another axiom that, that that's there that's health of the leader health of the team mm. um and uh healthy churches can't be pastored by unhealthy pastors that's good. not for long um and and so taking ownership to try to create space for that, um, that's whether that's trying to find some rhythms of rest, you know, one of the things for me that's been um, really, really big is um, to, to, you know, I put in some study break times um, and to get out of the office, to change place, change pace, you know, change perspective. I think this way Mark Batterson says it. And um at least once, if not twice a year, to to take some time away, and that's not vacation time. Um, this is this is work time, um, but it's set aside time to really reflect, to 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 think, to plan, to pray, to fast, um, to look to the to the year or to the season ahead. Uh, and for me, um, since I'm a person who works hard, I also need to rest hard, um, and and I need to carve out um, some space into that and. Um, and, and just to make those things happen. And so that, that's become a, it never feels like you have time to do it, right? There's something else always coming along. It never feels like you have time to go take a day to pray. It never feels like you have time to go and take, you know, two, three, four days away from the office and to really work on some planning and all that. But what I know is that when I can maintain those disciplines and maintain those habits, um, it doesn't just help me. Um, though it does help me. Um, that, that empowers our whole team, yeah, right? Cool. That guides our whole church. And, um, and so there's no way that we'll ever be a healthy, the healthy church that God has called us to be if I don't have commitment to being a healthy person. Um, good, you know, and I'm working on some things, you know, on the, on the physical side, but to, especially the spiritual and emotional health, um, you know, is to, to really be centered. Um, where, where Jesus is, is really the subject, where he's the, the center of it all, I think it's a big deal. Yeah, that's good. Man, no doubt there'll be someone listening to this podcast that's maybe six months, a year, two or three years behind you, transitioning to a church that needs a new life cycle, that needs change, that needs a culture shift. Well, what advice would you give to those leaders as they transition into you know, some of the hard work that you've done over the last couple of years to help North Park get you know, healthier and launch a new life cycle and shift its culture. What advice would you give uh, some young leaders? Yeah, I think um, the the number one thing I come back to that analogy we talked about for, before is um, discern the fire. Like where where does it burn? And and there because I think that's the place um, where it most naturally begins to spread. Yes, there are going to be some new fires that you're going to need to start, and there are going to be some new things that within your culture that are going to need to be created that don't have connection to your past. And so it's not about only, oh, we can only do the good things from our past, or, you know, but there's going to be new stuff. But if we can find and celebrate some of those things from the history, um, especially, you know, if I, I really believe that there are going to be more and more churches 
uh, in the in the coming you know months and years that will have had a really good run um, that will have had you know 10, 20, 30 years of really healthy ministry um, where because we have a, a wave of pastors that are that are retiring you know and transitioning um, and it's going to be time for that church to take on a new life cycle and and so if they can not just repeat the past but to um, to go in and discern okay what was the Holy Spirit fire that burned what part of that does does he want to continue to to see burn in our in our in our future? I would start there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which for me is different than just celebrating the past. Um, it, it's it's really it's it's setting it ablaze again. Um, and good. some of those things some of those things are just glowing embers at this point. Um, they're not they're not roaring fires anymore. They were. But some of them are just glowing embers at this point. But, you know, I, I grew up camping as a kid. What I know and what I remember is waking up early in the morning and there'd be those like couple of like glowing embers. And my parents wouldn't always give me the stuff to start a fire because I might not have been trustworthy with all of that. <laughs> um, but what I remember as a kid waking up before my parents and starting to dig around is there'd be many times where by the time they would get up, I'd have a fire going um, just because there were a few glowing embers. Um, that were left and that that's all it takes right it, it, that's all it takes um and that's that's if i was talking to a leader that i'd say well, well what's there um that connects to your future and and start there and then um the other piece that i'd say is just um it's going to take time it's going to take however long you think it's going to take it's going to take longer um mm-hmm. and uh that's my story that's my reality um and uh, it's, it's just however long you think it's going to take, it's going to take longer. But the beautiful thing of it, as it begins to um, happen, it begins to be a little bit like a rock rolling downhill, right? It begins to pick up some momentum um, and, and culture begins to beget culture. And, you know, we're two years into our story here at North Park and um, we're starting to see the ways that the culture can begin to beget culture and things begin to happen. Um, not because I started them or somebody on our staff started them, um, but because, you know, culture begins to take shape in the lives, uh, you know, and vision begins to take shape in the lives of other people. Oh, that's it's really like good, you, man. It's like you sort of get to enjoy um, the journey, you know, not just the, this final destination, you know, that we're, that we're coming to. So, um, well, guys, it, it looks like we're uh, close to being out of time here today, but we just had a really great discussion. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I love especially this phrase, discern the fire. Wow. Really, really good. Um, so just one more question for you, Ben. If people want to find you or your church on social media, where could they find you? Yeah, well, they can uh, find North Park Church at MP Church uh, on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. They can find me, uh, Ben Steers, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not the best social person out there in terms of you know, getting content out, but we're we're learning each step of the way. That's for sure. And Beth is the okay. host of the HCC podcast. Where can we find you on social media? Oh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, I'm on BethFeller.com, and awesome. um, yeah, you can find me also Beth A. Ellert on uh, Instagram. And I don't do much on Twitter and then you can find me on Facebook just by my name. But 
um, anyway, so, so good um, to talk to you. Tom, how about you? Where do we find you on social Yeah, media? you can find me at Tom Plank uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. It's T-O-M-P-L-A-N-C-K. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fan of social media and pretty active. So love to yeah. connect with you out there. Ben, thank you so much for your time. And Tom, thank you for your time. It's just a really great, again, a great conversation. And I love every moment of it. And it's always so inspiring to talk with you, Ben. And I love what to see what God is doing um, through you and in you. And yeah, just very thankful. So uh, enjoy, enjoy this time. Y'all have a Thanks great afternoon, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you.